The Free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Thursday, always good to catch up with some good and sound Christian commentary about some of the biggest issues that are going on in the nation. And Ashley Saunders, National Director of Family Voice Australia, back with us. Hello, Ashley. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil. It's great to be with you again. Ashley, lots of issues to talk about. One that really uh, demonstrates some level of inconsistency uh, in the way that this issue is dealt with, it's become sort of known as the Brock Wall story. Uh, Brock Wall, who admitted to murdering his pregnant girlfriend on the Gold Coast in Queensland, has been handed two life sentences, uh, one for killing her and one for killing their unborn baby. Uh, there's an inconsistency that's emerged out of this story. Uh, you've been following this along. What are your thoughts on the Brock Wall story? Well, it's a very big inconsistency, and uh, it's one that uh, uh, secular media and secular commentators would wish that we wouldn't address, because it does raise the question of this, and that is that if it is unlawful to kill in the way that this fellow did um, his unborn child, uh, what makes abortion okay? Um, is um, an unborn child a living person? Is the unborn child a life or is the unborn child not a life? Um, is the value of the unborn child dependent upon whether mum wants the baby or not? The, these, are the, these are the incredible inconsistencies in the position of those who would say, um, I'm a woman, it's my body, I can do what I like. Uh, you might remember that some years ago in New South Wales, I think it was, there was a case where, as a result of a terrible car accident, uh, an unborn child's life uh, was, was ended in that car accident. And uh, because under the law in New South Wales, the person could not at that stage be held responsible for negligent driving causing death because the death was an unborn baby and there was no recognition that that was a life. Uh, there was an attempt in Parliament to actually introduce some laws to say uh, this should be the case. And what was amazing was all the pro-abortionists came out saying, no, 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 you can't do that, you can't do that, because if you recognise the unborn baby as a life, then that takes away our right to kill that life if we want to. And so this is the incredible inconsistency um, that, uh, that exists in the argument and, uh, and so there is no absolute position uh, in that worldview other than the fact that uh, a woman can do what she likes with her unborn baby and uh, if at three months gestation mum wants that baby, then that's okay. And if at six months gestation um, she says that having the baby will impact her mental health, then she can go and have the baby uh, aborted and that ends the life. Uh, there ought to be a consistent position that says that life is life and that an unborn baby is not the mother's body, even though the mother has the privilege of carrying that child for nine months. And we need to have consistency. And the only consistency that exists is the consistency that is consistent with a biblical worldview. 
that all of us are made in the image of God, that an unborn baby um, is being formed in the mother's womb and that we who are alive need to speak up on behalf of those who have no voice. Uh, dreadful inconsistency. And just as a little aside here, uh, a lot of capital cities around Australia have some marches that happen uh, and uh, they're all about life. And this story just demonstrates why some people get so passionate about defending the unborn. And uh, just to mention that there is the March for Life, uh, which is coming up in Brisbane. Uh, so uh, they have the March for Babies in Melbourne. Uh, well, the March for Life in Brisbane is coming up at the end of this month and uh, people coordinating that uh, cherish life. You can find out the details and the date and where those sorts of uh, gatherings, the times all are going to be, uh, cherish life, uh, uh, those sorts of things worthy of... And Just a, a quick comment from you here, Ashley Saunders. Uh, some of these marches that happen around Australia and uh, virtually all the capital cities have one of these, Unless there are people who are actually uh, out on the street physically, uh, you're not really making as much of an impact with the sort of comment that you need to make. These marches need to be well supported, don't they? Yes, they do. And um, and again, the inconsistency in uh, secular media uh, is that uh, you know if if two or three people are uh, are um, petitioning something against uh, against some Christian um, uh, thing, then then that'll get some coverage. But if there are hundreds of um, Christians and others marching for life, that, that won't get coverage. You, you need thousands. And, uh, and so I would encourage all listeners to check up in their local state uh, what marches are happening um, and what rallies are happening uh, that they can get out and support life. And uh, I'm really thrilled. One of the things that really thrills me is that uh, a younger generation of Christians is really taking to heart the idea of the value of life and it is really encouraging when I see so many young Christian men and women uh, marching and rallying in support of life. It is a cause worth fighting for. Uh, lots to talk about, Ashley Saunders, and some more ethical issues ahead too. Uh, but just a little aside again on the drought that is gripping so much of Australia. In fact, uh, I think I heard uh, a report yesterday that in New South Wales, 100% of New South Wales uh, is in the grip of drought. And of course, that drought uh, will be extending uh, certainly through uh, central northern Victoria and uh, up into Queensland. There are patches too in uh, Western Australia. But then, uh, I mean, we, we live with drought. Drought happens a lot. But this one is beginning to bite particularly hard. Uh, have you had some thoughts about the drought? Uh, yes, it's it's absolutely terrible, and it's um, something that's really difficult to live through, especially for for country people. And um, uh, some news broadcasts today, for example, were saying that um, so many farmers and their families go to sleep hearing the noise of hungry cattle, and uh, and it's just no good for the not only is it no good for the cattle, it's no good for the mental health of the farmers, and um, and we need to pray that God would bless our land with rain. Uh, we need to pray that he would bless our land with spiritual rain and that we would return to him and we would acknowledge him. And um, it, it always interests me that societies, um, mainly Western societies, uh, societies like Australia, uh, think that they can turn their back on God and his ways and still expect his blessing. 
Um, and, and now I'm not saying that there is a direct correlation um, between the drought and, um, and recent movements in Australia in terms of social matters. But what I am saying is that you cannot cut off the roots of a tree and expect to still bear fruit. And, um, and there will be secular commentators over the next little while who will be saying, please pray for rain. Uh, and uh, there's, there's an acknowledgement that we are dependent upon him. And if, if the drought serves the purpose of people recognising that we are dependent upon God, uh, I'm dependent upon God even for the breath that I breathe. Uh, I can't breathe without that breath. And, uh, and, and so I was at a, at a church gathering in uh, Western Brisbane last, uh, last night, and uh, it was attended by um, at least a couple of people who were there from country regions. And it was a real, a real blessing to be able to ask them to stand up and for people to pray for them as representatives of all the people who are doing it tough in the bush because of the drought at the moment. Well, we know oftentimes we think of farmers who are the worst affected, but of course what happens on the uh, those cattle stations, sheep stations, is that the towns are deeply affected, that businesses are under huge pressure. Yeah. Churches, churches have a special responsibility when these sorts of things are taking grip, and uh, no doubt there'll be uh, people who are part of churches uh, right throughout those uh, Western New South Wales towns listening to our conversation today what's your encouragement Ashley Saunders as one who is uh, also with many of the uh, hats that you've worn in your career as a former pastor what sort of role do churches have in encouraging a community that might be in the grip of drought churches have a real um, position of being able to speak into the lives of people uh, there's a story, and this will take just a minute or two, but there's a story that was told by one of my lecturers at Theological College when he was ministering in the west of New South Wales at a time of severe drought, um, that uh, there was a, a non-Christian farmer who came along to the Christian farmer and says, oh, yeah, so, um, so, so um, uh, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, and he was mocking him. And the farmer was able to respond, yes, blessed be the name of the Lord. It's about surrendering who we are, what we have and what we need uh, to him and being faithful witnesses, being faithful as we stand alongside people, as we pray for them, as we support them in all kinds of ways. You know, if, uh, if there were no churches in Australia, the government would not be able to financially afford the sorts of social services that our country needs. Churches play a valuable role um, in uh, not only getting alongside people and supporting and praying, but also in the provision of social services. Okay, let's move on. There's a lot of things to cover. The time for making submissions regarding the medical code of conduct that we've talked about previously in this segment. Uh, this has been extended. Uh, some good work that's been going on from you and the team at Family Voice Australia uh, for, uh, for helping that to happen, Ashley Saunders. Uh, yes, it's been extended by two weeks, and praise God for that. Last week, many of your listeners would remember that we were talking about the Code of Conduct um, or that is proposed for by the Medical Board, um, and, uh, and it was to close last Friday, and the good news is that it's been extended um, to the 17th of August. And, uh, and so I would encourage as many listeners as possible to... Um, to, to search Medical Board of Australia proposed code of conduct and to make a submission. We, we don't want the Medical Board becoming a censorship board. We don't want um, doctors of faith 
being put in the corner or feeling that they need to um, choose between uh, their faith and, uh, and their medical code. We don't want the LGBT agenda um, we, we, in, it just being put over, overlaid, all of this medical science. We just don't need that to happen. It's not in the interests of, uh, of doctors. It's not in the interests of Australians. And uh, I urge as many listeners as possible to go to that website and to make a submission. Okay. Now, the website to make the submission is medboardconsultation at APRA, ahpra.gov.au. You've got some guidelines on the Family Voice Australia website, fava.org.au. For those who are thinking, uh, how can I craft a a good letter here and and, uh, put my hand up and make a comment? There's some more good news too, Ashley Saunders. Uh, You can still add your voice to protect the Northern Territory from euthanasia. What's the latest there? Uh, Yes, that's right. And so Family Voice has been in touch with uh, all the senators from across Australia uh, expressing concern about the proposal to, um, in a sense, for the federal parliament to overturn its ban on the Northern Territory's euthanasia legislation. Uh, And again, for those who weren't listening last week, as quickly as I can, the Northern Territory not being a state means that its laws can be overridden by the federal parliament. And over a decade ago, when the Northern Territory legalised euthanasia, the federal parliament, uh, in its wisdom, said, no, we're not going to allow that. There's a move, and it's being debated next week, uh, a move to overturn that so that the Northern Territory and the ACT can have euthanasia laws and uh, again, an opportunity for for people across the nation to be in touch with their senators and to express concern about the mixed message that this sends about the value of life uh, and about the, uh, I guess, the com- turning life into a commodity. Uh, we need to protect vulnerable people. We don't need to give them a message that they need to end their life. And so again... Uh, there is time for people to get in touch with their senator and there are resources uh, on the Family Voice website with a list of senators and I urge people to go there and then be in touch with the senators in your state. That website, fava.org.au, Family Voice Australia website. Uh, Ashley Saunders, uh, the National Director of Family Voice Australia, always appreciate your insights. Uh, Thanks so much for an update and uh, really uh, appreciate you and we'll chat again uh, this time next week. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Well, thank you, Neil. Goodbye to your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.